Section twenty one of the Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume six. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume six, by Anonymous. Translated by Richard Francis Burton. Section twenty one. When it was the five hundred and ninety first night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that when the king heard this story he turned from slaying his son. But on the sixth day the favorite came in to him, hending a naked knife in hand, and said to him, Know, O my lord, that except thou hearken to my complaint and protect thy right and thine honor against these thy ministers, who are banded together against me, to do me wrong, I will kill myself with this knife, and my blood will testify against thee on the day of doom. Indeed, they pretend that women are full of tricks and malice and perfidy, and they design thereby to defeat me of my due and hinder the king from doing me justice. But behold, I will prove to thee that men are more perfidious than women by the story of a king among the kings, and how he gained access to the wife of a certain merchant." and what passed between them asked the king and she answered i have heard tell o august king a tale of the king's son and the merchant's wife a certain merchant who was addicted to jealousy had a wife that was a model of beauty and loveliness and of the excess of his fear and jealousy of her he would not abide with her in any town but built her a pavilion without the city apart from all other buildings and he raised its height and strengthened its doors and provided them with curious locks and when he had occasion to go into the city he locked the doors and hung the keys about his neck one day when the merchant was abroad the king's son of that city came forth to take his pleasure and solace in the open country without the walls and seeing the solitary pavilion stood still to examine it for a long while at last he caught sight of a charming lady looking and leaning out of one of the windows and being smitten with amazement at her grace and charms cast about for a means of getting to her but could find none so he called up one of his pages who brought him ink-case and paper and wrote her a letter setting forth his condition for love of her then he set it on the pile point of an arrow and shot it at the pavilion and it fell in the garden where the lady was then walking with her maidens she said to one of the girls hasten and bring me yon letter for she could read writing and when she had read it and understood what he said in it of his love and passion yearning and longing she wrote him a merciful reply to the effect that she was smitten with a yet fiercer desire for him and then threw the letter down to him from one of the windows of the pavilion when he saw her he picked up the reply and after reading it came under the window and said to her let me down a thread that i may send thee this key which do thou take and keep by thee so she let down a thread and he tied the key to it then he went away and repairing to one of his father's wazirs complained to him of his passion for the lady and that he could not live without her and the minister said and how dost thou bid me contrive quoth the prince i would have thee set me in a chest 
and commit it to the merchant, feigning to him that it is thine, and desiring him to keep it for thee in his country house some days, that I may have my will of her. Then do thou demand it back from him. The wazir answered, With love and gladness. So the prince returned to his palace, and fixing the padlock, the key whereof he had given the lady, on a chest he had by him, entered therein. Then the wazir locked it upon him, and setting it on a mule, carried it to the pavilion of the merchant, who, seeing the minister, came forth to him and kissed his hands, saying, Belike our lord the wazir hath some need or business which we may have the pleasure and honour of accomplishing for him? Quoth the minister, I would have thee set this chest in the safest and best place within thy house, and keep it till I seek it of thee. So the merchant made the porters carry it inside, and set it down in one of his store closets, after which he went out on business. As soon as he was gone, his wife arose and went up to the chest, and unlocked it with the key the king's son had given her, whereupon there came forth a youth like the moon. When she saw him, she donned her richest raiment, and carried him to her sitting saloon, where they abode seven days, eating and drinking and making merry. And as often as her husband came home, she put the prince back into the chest and locked it upon him. One day the king asked for his son, and the wazir hurried off to the merchant's place of business, and sought of him the chest. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day and ceased to say her permitted say. When it was the five hundred and ninety-second night, she said it hath reached me, O auspicious king, that when the wazir reached the merchant's counting-house, he asked for the box. The man accordingly repaired in haste to his pavilion, contrary to his custom, and knocked at the door. When his wife was ware of him, she hurried the prince back into the chest but in her confusion forgot to lock it. The merchant bade the porters take it up and carry it to his house in the town. So they took up the box by the lid, whereupon it flew open, and, lo, the prince was lying within. When the merchant saw him and knew him for the king's son, he went out to the wazir and said to him, Go in thou and take the king's son, for none of us may lay hands on him. So the minister went in, and taking the prince, went away with him. As soon as they were gone, the merchant put away his wife, and swore that he would never marry again. And, continued the damsel, I have heard tell also, O king, a tale of the page who feigned to know the speech of birds. A certain man of rank once entered the slave market, and saw a page being cried for sale. So he bought him, and carrying him home, said to his wife, Take good care of him. The lad abode there for a while, till one day the man said to his wife, Go forth to-morrow to the garden, and take thy solace therein, and amuse thyself, and enjoy thyself. And she replied, With love and gladness. Now when the page heard this, he made ready in secret meat and drink, and fruits and dessert and sallied forth with them privily that night to the garden, where he laid the meat under one tree, the wine under another, and the fruit and conserves under a third, in the way his mistress must pass. 
when morning morrowed the husband bade him accompany the lady to that garden carrying with him all the provisions required for the day so she took horse and riding thither with him dismounted and entered presently as they were walking about a crow croaked and the page said thou sayest sooth whereupon his mistress asked him dost thou know what the crow said and he answered yes so my lady he said under yonder tree is meat go and eat it so she said i see thou really dost understand them then she went up to the tree and finding a dish of meat ready dressed was assured that the youth told the truth and marvelled with exceeding marvel they ate of the meat and walked about a while taking their pleasure in the garden till the crow croaked a second time and the page again replied thou sayest sooth what said he quoth the lady and quoth the page o oh, my lady he saith that under such a tree are a gugglet of water flavoured with musk and a pitcher of old wine so she went up with him to the tree and finding the wine and water there redoubled in wonderment and the page was magnified in her eyes they sat down and drank then arose and walked in another part of the garden presently the crow croaked again and the page said thou sayest sooth said the lady what saith he now and the page replied he saith that under yonder tree are fruits fresh and dried so they went thither and found all as he said and sat down and ate then they walked about again till the crow croaked a fourth time whereupon the page took up a stone and threw it at him quoth she what said he that thou shouldst stone him o oh, my lady answered he he said what i cannot tell thee say on rejoined she and be not abashed in my presence for there is naught between me and thee but he ceased not to say no and she pressed him to speak till at last she conjured him to tell her and he answered the crow said to me do with thy lady even as doth her husband when she heard his words she laughed till she fell backward and said this is a light matter and i may not gainsay thee therein so saying she went up to a tree and spreading the carpet under it lay down and called to him to come and do her need when lo her husband who had followed them unawares and saw this called out to the page saying hark ye boy what ails thy mistress to lie there weeping answered the page o oh, my lord she fell off the tree and was killed and none but allah be he extolled and exalted restored her to thee wherefore she lay down a while to recover herself by rest when the lady saw her husband standing by her head she rose and made a show of weakness and pain saying o oh, my back o oh, my sides come to my help o oh, my friends i shall never survive this so her husband was deceived and said to the page fetch thy mistress's horse and set her thereon then he carried her home the boy holding one stirrup and the man the other and saying allah vouchsafe thee ease and recovery these then o king said the damsel are some instances of the craft of men and their perfidy 
wherefore let not thy wazirs turn thee from succouring me and doing me justice then she wept and when the king saw her weeping for she was the dearest to him of all his slave-girls he once more commanded to put his son to death but the sixth minister entered and kissing ground before him said may the almighty advance the king verily i am a loyal counsellor to thee in that i counsel thee to deal deliberately in the matter of thy son and shahrazad perceived the dawn of day and ceased saying her permitted say when it was the five hundred and ninety-third night she said it hath reached me o auspicious king that the sixth wazir said o king deal deliberately in the matter of thy son for falsehood is as smoke and fact is built on base which shall not be broken yea and the light of sooth dispelleth the night of untruth know that the perfidy of women is great even as saith allah the most high in his holy book verily the malice of you is great and indeed a tale hath reached me that a certain woman befooled the chiefs of the state on such wise as never did any before her asked the king and how was that and the wazir answered i have heard tell a tale o king as follows concerning the lady and her five suitors a woman of the daughters of the merchants was married to a man who was a great traveller it chanced once that he set out for a far country and was absent so long that his wife for pure ennui fell in love with a handsome young man of the sons of the merchants and they loved each other with exceeding love one day the youth quarrelled with another man who lodged a complaint against him with the chief of police and he cast him into prison when the news came to the merchant's wife his mistress she well-nigh lost her wits then she arose and donning her richest clothes repaired to the house of the chief of police she saluted him and presented a written petition to this purport he thou hast clapped in jail is my brother such and such who fell out with such an one and those who testified against him bore false witness he hath been wrongfully imprisoned and i have none other to come into me nor to provide for my support therefore i beseech thee of thy grace to release him when the magistrate had read the paper he cast his eyes on her and fell in love with her forthright so he said to her go into the house till i bring him before me then i will send for thee and thou shalt take him o oh, my lord replied she i have none to protect me save almighty allah i am a stranger and may not enter any man's abode quoth the wali i will not let him go except thou come to my home and i take my will of thee rejoined she if it must be so thou must needs come to my lodging and sit and sleep the siesta and rest the whole day there and where is thy abode asked he and she answered in such a place and appointed him for such a time then she went out from him leaving his heart taken with love of her and she repaired to the kazi of the city to whom she said o oh, our lord the kazi he exclaimed yes and she continued 
look into my case, and thy reward be with Allah the Most High. Quoth he, Who hath wronged thee? And quoth she, O my lord, I have a brother, and I have none but that one, and it is on his account that I come to thee. Because the wali hath imprisoned him for a criminal, and men have borne false witness against him, that he is a wrongdoer, and I beseech thee to intercede for him with the chief of police. When the kazi looked on her, he fell in love with her forthright, and said to her, Enter the house and rest awhile with my handmaids, whilst I send to the wali to release thy brother. If I knew the money fine which is upon him, I would pay it out of my own purse, so I may have my desire of thee, for thou pleasest me with thy sweet speech. Quoth she, If thou, O my lord, do thus, we must not blame others. Quoth he, And thou wilt not come in when thy ways. Then said she, And thou wilt have it so, O our lord, it will be privier and better in my place than in thine, for here are slave-girls and eunuchs, and goers in and comers out, and indeed I am a woman who wotteth not of this fashion, but need compelleth. Asked the kazi, And where is thy house? And she answered, In such a place, and appointed him for the same day and time as the chief of police. Then she went out from him to the wazir, to whom she preferred her petition for the release from prison of her brother, who was absolutely necessary to her. But he also required her of herself, saying, Suffer me to have my will of thee, and I will set thy brother free. Quoth she, And thou wilt have it so, be it in my house, for there it will be privier, both for me and for thee. It is not far distant, and thou knowest that which behoveth us women of cleanliness and adornment. Asked he, Where is thy house? In such a place, answered she, and appointed him for the same time as the two others. Then she went out from him to the king of the city, and told him her story, and sought of him her brother's release. Who imprisoned him? inquired he. And she replied, was the chief of police. When the king heard her speech, it transpierced his heart with the arrows of love, and he bade her enter the palace with him, that he might send to the kazi and release her brother. Quoth she, O king, this thing is easy to thee, whether I will or nil, and if the king will indeed have this of me, it is of my good fortune but if he come to my house, he will do me the more honor by setting step therein. Even as saith the poet, O my friends, have ye seen or have ye heard of his visit whose virtues I hold so high? Quoth the king, We will not cross thee in this. So she appointed him for the same time as the three others, and told him where her house was and Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased to say her permitted say. End of section 21 Recording by Rhonda Fetterman